Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know what it is. Episode 73, for the love of the game, let's roll. Welcome back, episode 73, for the love of the game. And uh, to be totally honest, people, I'm pretty miserable. As you all know, the coronavirus has turned the world upside down in so many ways that the world has been turned upside down by this. Uh, The sports world has come to a complete halt. Everything gone for at least a month and probably more. The NBA probably gone till June. Baseball's on a delay. NHL is on a delay. March Madness was supposed to kick off this Thursday. This Thursday and Friday, the first two days of the NCAA tournament, two of my favorite days of the year. Well, that's canceled. Selection Sunday was supposed to be yesterday. Obviously, as I mentioned, it didn't happen. It just sucks. This episode, the Monday following Selection Sunday, is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I've done it for three years now. It's one of my it's one of my most listened to episodes and well, it's going to sound a little different tonight, but what are you going to do? Obviously, I've been following the news regarding the coronavirus like everybody else, not just in regards to sports, but obviously for everyday life, but definitely with my eye at least on uh, on the sports calendar and when we're going to be able to watch games again because that's what we that's what we sports fans love to do and and we yearn for right now. My jaw dropped to the floor when the tweet came out Wednesday night, when the news came out that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell tested positive for coronavirus, effectively ending pro and college sports on TV for a while. I saw a push notification from the NHL today that it's basically at minimum 45 days where they're going to start practicing. The uh, the NBA, like I said earlier, is probably looking at June at the earliest, and probably there won't be fans at the games. I assume baseball will follow uh, suit and, and the same kind of timelines. It's just brutal, but I take it on myself to keep entertaining the people, give the people what they want. The show must go on. I will obviously find things to talk about. I'll show off my versatility, as uh, you're going to hear later on in this show, because we're going to recap 
what happened uh the series uh i should say the season finale of the bachelor but man this sucks uh it just absolutely totally sucks uh a couple of notes before we get into the uh the bachelor recap there's a lot of people who were you know very angry about how long it took everybody to uh cancel postpone games whatever uh, whether it was the NBA, the NCAA, the NHL, not acting uh, fast enough. Uh, but I, And I don't want to get into a, a political discussion about this coronavirus. I really just want to stick to the sports aspect because there, there's just a lot to talk about. But that that's not what I do here. But I have to agree with my guy Ryan Rossillo when Twitter was blowing up and everybody was so outraged about the timeline and, and how long it took for uh, – organizations to uh, put things on pause, cancel things altogether. And and Rosillo tweets, and, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, everybody is trying to figure this out. Blaming the NCAA for not making a decision hours after the NBA made a decision seems like an agenda. Ripping owners for not having an immediate compensation plan. Can we give people more than a day to navigate this stuff? I mean, you can't say it better than that. This stuff is... It's unprecedented, and and people don't know what to do here. And it's just like you were you were hit in the face with something that that that's so crazy. And and should you have predicted this, you know, following the news of what was going on in China, what was going on in Italy, maybe. But like even that, you couldn't have even anticipated the the full gamut of what was going to happen. So I mean, come on, like everybody who's ripping on these people, like. Walk a mile in their shoes. I mean, seriously, come on now. And and same goes for Rudy Gobert. Obviously, the video came out of Rudy Gobert being super callous about the coronavirus. And it, it came out in a report that, you know, he was joking with teammates or whatever and, and not taking it seriously enough in the locker room. Obviously, it, it, it's childish. It's, you know, it, it, it's so many things. Uh, it's being as i mentioned callous it's it's you know being short sighted but you don't know where and when rudy gobert contracted the virus and got it you don't know exactly what led donovan mitchell to get the virus so to blame rudy gobert for basically the entire thing that sports just stopped because of rudy gobert and and the way he acted is just you know, everybody's angry in the moment, right? Everybody's super angry in the moment. I'm angry in the moment. I'm still angry about it. But, like, let's not chastise Rudy Gobert that he brought the whole thing to its knees because I don't think that's very fair either. So that that's my quick take on coronavirus. Obviously, we hope – we all hope that things go back to normal sooner rather than later and that, and that life will um, resume as it – has done before i mean this this virus is is not like anything else we've ever seen but humanity is resilient we've gone through things before and, and we'll persevere and overcome and there may be like a two three weeks of pain before we before we start seeing everything come back but let's i mean we've done this before and and should we have been more prepared probably but the world is not ending here. Let, let's all relax a little bit. But everybody be safe and take your precautions and, and, and take this you know, somewhat seriously. Not somewhat seriously, very seriously. And, and protect uh, yourself and those you love. Having said that, there's still, I should say, 
there was a little bit of sports news. The uh, the collective bargaining agreement in the NFL was agreed upon by the players and the owners. So that's good. So there's going to be labor peace uh, in the NFL for another decade. That's a good thing. Free agency is up and running. There was a trade today. And we'll, I, I want to save this a little bit for a later podcast because obviously there's going to be a, a sports hiatus and, and I want to be able to talk about things sports related in the future. But one trade today that happened was, and we'll get into this again uh, later on uh, in a couple of weeks or so, the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans made a trade today. David Johnson uh, going to the Texans. The Cardinals get back DeAndre Hopkins uh, and uh, a fourth-round pick. The Texans receive uh, a future pick, I think, and a second-round pick. I don't know. Maybe there are people smarter than me, but it seems like the Arizona Cardinals stole DeAndre Hopkins for absolutely nothing. I mean, come on. You couldn't get a first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. It just... Houston just continues to do weird, weird stuff. Obviously, Tom Brady's a free agent. Ryan Tannehill signed today, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, One quick thing, because it may be a while before I can talk about anything NBA-related. So, as you know, before Episode 72, or I should say right after Episode 72, the uh, the Lakers beat the Clippers in a hard-fought game at Staples Center. It was uh, over a week ago now, on a Sunday afternoon. No, not over, about a week ago. I'm I'm forgetting how long ago it was, but Sunday afternoon, Lakers Clippers. The Lakers with an impressive win. LeBron James was great uh, in that win. Um, but then there was this this media swell that LeBron is now the MVP or has has really closed the gap on the MVP. And I don't know if it's uh, Laker fans and their Laker exceptionalism. Or if it's the media and ESPN hyping it up like Dave McMenamin, who's basically a LeBron James, uh, you know, dick rider for all intents and purposes, talking about like how could he not be the MVP? Well, let me spell it out for you. And I'm not even going to include the fact that the game before the break, the coronavirus break, that the Lakers lost to the Nets. LeBron missed a uh, a layup at the buzzer. Giannis Antetokounmpo the entire year has had better numbers across every metric, even though the metrics, you know, PER is not a perfect stat, but at the top of the stat, you know, or I should say at people who are at the top of PER, that's a pretty good indicator that it's, um, that something special is going on. Giannis Antetokounmpo right now has the seventh highest PER in NBA history. LeBron's current season is 75th. Yeah, I I, I think Giannis is still the MVP. Giannis's record is still better. And and Laker fans are like, you know, and I argue with Laker fans a lot uh, in a couple of different mediums and chats. Shout out to recurring guests, uh, Rob Carpellis, Ellie Javenfar. We we go back and forth about the Lakers all the time. But they're like, LeBron's going to bring it when it matters. Well, that sentence right there means that he's not the MVP. because, And I don't necessarily fault LeBron for this in year 17. But... The MVP is a regular season award. It's in the totality of the entire season. It's not just a two-game snapshot when the Lakers were exceedingly impressive. I mean, what about the time where the Lakers lost to the Bucs? What about the two games before that the Lakers lost to the Clippers? Did LeBron not bring it then? Did he not bring it against the Nets? I mean, it's a two-game sample, and he was exceedingly impressive. 
as impressive as, as he's been all year. And he's had a great season. And if the playoffs started today, would he he might be the first guy you would take in a fantasy draft because of the way he can control a game, especially on the offensive end if he's going to play defense like that. I mean, he's unbelievable. But it's a regular season award for the totality of the season. And across every metric, Giannis is better. Giannis is per 36 minutes. He's averaging close to 36 points and 15 rebounds. As I mentioned, he has the seventh highest PER in NBA history. Giannis is historic in this run. LeBron, as great as he is, not as historic. So don't tell me that because of a two-game sample size, LeBron is now the MVP of the league. And that this narrative that he's 35 and he should have won more MVPs in the past, that he should win this season's MVP. That is nonsense. That is ESPN being at the mercy of LeBron for ratings. And it's Laker exceptionalism. And it's just wrong. And whatever happens in the playoffs should not reflect the regular season MVP voting. It's insane. I mean... The Laker exceptionalism is insane, and they're so ridiculously stupid, and they have no answer when LeBron, you know, when he's flopping all over the court and they're losing to the Memphis Grizzlies, or he blows a lamp at the end, and I'm not even faulting LeBron for this. He's been great all year, but don't tell me he's the MVP when the other guy has historic numbers and is better across the board. It's just ridiculous. With that said, well, it felt good to rant about the NBA because we may not get a lot of those rants in the uh, in the next couple of weeks because of the uh, the stoppage. Again, this, this is a weird show. It's a weird show. I, I never anticipated it ever getting to this point, but here we are. Uh, so with that said, we're going to bring on two recurring guests to talk about The Bachelor and, and how it ended in just a moment. Okay, so uh, as you could tell by my monologue, I'm, I'm still exceedingly depressed i'm in sports withdrawal but the content has to continue uh luckily as i mentioned before i can show off my versatility there was a bachelor season finale i should say that just happened uh it was a wild scene of events so naturally i have some thoughts and i have some people who want to talk about it so as you could probably guess we have recurring guests Lizzie, Elisa Verstendig on the line, and another recurring guest who normally talks about the New York Giants, but he's going to show his versatility. We got Shy Elberger on the line. Ladies, gents, what is happening? There's too uh, much, honestly. Yeah, too much. And we're not a full sports withdrawal. We had an NFL free agency today, but. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm, I'm, as I mentioned before, I am going to save that for a, a future show because. We're going to have more to talk about in that respect. But we got to talk about The Bachelor. That's what we're here for, all right? Oh, yeah. what a wild sequence of events the the, the two-night uh, finale was. Uh, so let's, uh, let's kick it off with this. Lizzie, your initial reaction to the finale, your thoughts on how it played out, just give me your overall, um, overall recap, high level, before yeah. we get into it. So I will say that I will give uh, Chris Harrison and Peter, um, I'll give them a pat on the back because they were right. No one did guess this exact ending. Um, It definitely was pretty dramatic and over the top, but 
probably not for the reasons we expected or wanted. So it was it was a pretty interesting ending, I'll say, and I think we'll get more into the depth of that later. I think this is going to be the last time I'm going to allow you to give Chris Harrison or Peter a pat on the back. Shy, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, yeah, we're we're gonna go there. Uh, Shy, what were your uh, high level thoughts? Yeah, I also don't want to give away too many details that we'll del- delve into, but like there were those preview scenes that I feel like we had been seeing for three months that they kept hyping up that it was going to end in some crazy outcome and like it could have been any number of different things that you could think of but yeah this was not something that I had in mind the way it played out Um, but I'll double dip on giving Chris Harrison credit just for being able to keep a straight face at times in the studio show Uh, but Peter gets no credit for me no credit and and Fine, I'll accept that Chris Harrison was able to give a uh, the studio show and get through it with a straight face, but I've got a bone to pick with Chris Harrison later on, and, and we're going to get to that in a second. So I, I want to jump in, obviously. We have Hannah Ann, who, after Madison on the on the Monday night, decided that you know, she wasn't comfortable with how things played out. Peter wanted to, wanted to get down in the fantasy suites. She wasn't comfortable with that, so she leaves. So now Hannah Ann is left to be the so-and-so winner, right? So obviously, and we see what happens, that she accepts the final rose. She uh, gets engaged, and then... Um, and then basically they're not engaged anymore because she realizes that Peter really doesn't care for her. So... Hannah Ann was great with the sit-down on the studio show with Chris Harrison and gave Peter the business. Um, but do you think that, like, that Hannah Ann sh- – I mean, do you think she should have just left once she realized that, like, he was up in the air with Madison? So, well, well, yeah, oh, you go first. You, you got yeah. Uh, I just want to know at what point are you saying should she have left because there's any number of points where she could have theoretically left. So the earliest she could have left was after their conversation that Monday night. Um, okay. Where she's like, you're not giving me anything in return. Right. At that okay. point, I feel like she should have left. So, Shy, we'll start with you. When do you think that Hannah Ann should have pulled the plug? I, I feel like it's very hard to leave to – proactively leave a TV show that you're on that it's like like you're on TV on a show that everyone's watching. You clearly are kind of that kind of person that wants to be on TV. It's very hard, especially this late into the contest, to just leave, I think, voluntarily. Um, but yeah, that night was like I was cringing at a lot of the things he was saying to her. He essentially was just saying like, Thank you for always staying by me while I pursue this other person, and I appreciate it a lot. And I was like, I mean, she can't be that superficial that she doesn't realize what he's actually saying to her. So yeah, she could have left then, but it's it's hard, I think, to leave to really leave a show like that. So you don't you don't think that she was in it for love? That she was in it for just being on TV? Well, I, you know, the I cynical like to, shy. Uh, You're so cynical. I don't like uh, to uh, make assumptions. But I also have – this is a full disclosure. I have not watched any season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette prior to this season. So this Ooh, was an eye-opening experience. I was going to say, you really jumped in, in, in on quite a season to get your get your feet wet over here. The, I mean, this it, is it, something. There, 
reasons unrelated. Um, just I started a new job and they had a bachelor bracket, so I said okay, and I, I just started watching and I was hooked. But um, so I don't know how if these people are in there for love or, or not. Welcome to the fam, shy. We're happy to have you. So Lizzie, what say you? Um, what was your reaction to uh, how Hannah Ann played this before the sit down show, or I should say before the Tuesday night? So I I'm always conflicted about this like the, the person who is in the final two, whether or not they get chosen or not, because yeah, I mean, we even saw her at the rose ceremony when he uh, kicked Victoria F off and he, she saw his reaction to Madison saying yes. And she started crying. So I think she did know that they had a really strong connection, but what we don't realize is that they only know really their own relationship with him. So if all the time that they're together, he's reassuring her then I don't know why like she could think just as much as Madison could think that he would choose her so from that in that regard I don't fault her for that but I do think that her intentions aren't a hundred percent pure like you know she's a, a model she wants Instagram followers and I think she wanted to always come out looking like the sweet innocent nice girl so she couldn't just leave. Then she'd be like Maddie, and everyone would hate her. Wait, you you don't you don't think that if she got up and left that Monday night after you said you're not giving me anything in return, she would have gotten pushback for that? Yeah, because think about it. Then he would have been left alone, and everyone would be feeling badly for him. And now she's the one that's on top, and she's the winner. And she was obviously coached by a PR person before she went on after the final rose because. She's never been that eloquent before. And yeah, that was something. She's America, and now she's America's sweetheart. Shy, what do you have to say about that? Because I have my own thoughts. Yeah, I actually think the, the first thing you said was a great point that I guess we all saw. In that rose ceremony, it was like the three of them, Hannah, I guess the first row is like, will you accept this rose? Yes, thanks. Then it's like this uh, this long pause, and it's Madison and He's like hysterically crying. Will you take this rose? She waits 10 seconds and says, yes. He says, really? Um, and then they have this long hug while it's like clearly at that point, Hannah. And that was, you know, there's not a lot of interactions where all of them are together. So it's like to your point again, like you're basing it on your own interactions. Um, so I think that was truly probably the first sign. Um, and I don't. Life and what I, was that? Just repeat that. You just cut out. Like, you just cut out. That. Shy, repeat what you just said. You just cut out first. I, I didn't know she was. She was a model. That I didn't know she was a model in real life, or like I don't know any of these people's outside lives, pretty much. But yeah, that scene. She was very. Uh, I was impressed by the way she was speaking. So I hadn't thought about that point, but you just said it. So, I don't think. So, Lisa, I want to go back to one thing you said. That I want to question, or I guess disagree with a little bit if she got up and left and madison got up and left and peter was left alone i don't think peter would have been a sympathetic figure i think Mm. he i think he was such a buffoon and we're gonna get to him a little bit later and that that i think people really wanted him to end up alone yeah but i think that if she would have left then it would have been the same storyline as maddie they both left and Maddie's storyline would have been way more interesting than hers. Shy, what do you have to say about that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, her main argument would have just been like, it was very obvious to me that I was the second among the two of us, and I don't want to be anyone's second choice. Now, I don't know what America decides, you know, who to like, who to not like. It's sometimes hard to predict. Um, but I think if they both had left, Chris Harrison would have gone to uh, Victoria's house, gotten her back on the show. <laughs> the families finally would have met him, and that's how it would have ended. Now, that would have been some some shit. Now, I, I said, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would have been a, a twist that, you know, no one would have saw coming, and it definitely would have been the most dramatic um, season, uh, I should say series ending, not series ending, season ending uh, in, in Bachelor history. Before we move on to Madison, uh, two things on Hannah Ann. One, when she was speaking at the um, – at the uh, the watch me call it the the studio show. On a scale of one to five, rate her performance r- where she's really giving it to Peter. One being that she didn't do it enough, or she was too light on him. Five being that she was stellar. Uh, I mean, I think she gave it to him. Like I give her a four in terms of giving it to him. I don't. I think it was a little bit too over the top the way she did it. It seemed a little bit too scripted, but I definitely think she didn't let him get away with it. Shy, what say you? Yeah, I give her a four. I, I liked it. I'm, I mean, I think it would require like some sort of slap or throwing something to give a five. But I thought she was like calling him out when you call a guy out for like not being mad enough to do something. That's like that is an insult. Um, so I, I thought she did a good job there. And that's where Chris Harrison just like not cracking a smile. Really good job. Yeah. Well, I, I we're in agreement here. I I actually think if she would have like slapped him, it would have cheapened it. Like it, it showed a tremendous amount of, of resolve and uh and class for yeah. her not to uh to slap him across the face because uh, as we'll I, I, I agree, that would have been awkward. But I think she could have pressed it a little bit more. I mean, he was such a jerk, and we'll get him into him in a little bit. Before we uh, move off of Hannah Ann, who's of the the two night finale, she was probably the biggest winner of the whole thing, right? I mean, I think we can agree on yeah. that. Um, yeah, of course. Now, given the the current state of affairs, we're not sure exactly when uh, Bachelor in Paradise is going to happen, but. Let's predict her performance on Bachelor in Paradise because I, I I'm very high on on Hannah Ann as a as a Paradise contestant. I mean, she's easily going to be the Hannah G of the season. She's going to walk in, every guy's going to want her, and she's going to be in a love triangle within the first two days. Shy. Mm, I- uh, I don't know if this is, I guess, embarrassing. I have oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, well, that's right. That's a good point. Uh, get involved. Convince that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, convince you why you should because it's even yeah. more absurd than than The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. It's just past contestants getting together on a beach uh, and they're supposed to couple up. It's It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Hmm. You're going to love it. Anyway, Aliza, she is a five-tool prospect for Paradise. She's gorgeous. She seems to have a decent head on her shoulders. She seems to be fun to be around. She's going to be the belle of the ball. She's going to have herself a great summer or fall whenever they do this because this coronavirus is really fucking up everybody's uh, stuff. Um, On to Madison. 
Uh, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a loaded conversation than anticipated. But should Madison have come back? And I pose this question. Should Madison have come back in the first place after Chris Harrison goes to her? Like, what were your thoughts on that? Should she have stood her ground and, and you know, stood by her convictions? Or was she playing to the camera and to ABC and to all of us to uh, to actually strike up a little drama? I heard some. I heard someone say this, and I thought it was such a good point that she could have very well thought that Chris Harrison was coming to do like an interview package for her to be the Bachelorette. That to me seemed much more likely based off of her reaction than her thinking that he was coming to tell her about Peter because she didn't really seem too excited about it. And to be honest, neither did Peter. And it's not like oh wait hold on you don't you you mean that that scene where he was standing looking into the <laughs> abyss by the pool that was just he just happened to have been fully dressed standing by the pool and had that Harrison s- was coming with the cameras but uh, okay fine I, and he, I and, paused at my TV when he was looking back and left it like that for an hour okay how how cringe worthy was that look back. It was terrible. Horrible. A horrible actor. We're gonna get into Peter and how much of a horrible actor he is, because that's not even like I, I don't even think that's top three cringiest things he did in the in the two night finale. Uh but yeah, so back to Madison. So Lizzie, you, you finish your point. Yes. So then yeah, because I think like, you know, obviously we're drawing comparisons to Shy, we'll explain this to you later, but to Ari season where, you know, he was with Becca and then he broke up with her and then went to get Lauren. But the difference is, and their huge difference is, is that he said that he had contacted Lauren already. And then he himself, like a man, went to get Lauren. Now, I'm not saying Peter wasn't manning up. He may not have been interested to go find Natty. Like, Chris Harrison and ABC took it upon themselves to create this scenario that I don't think either of them particularly wanted, and we could see that by the ending. Oh, and their body language when they were sitting next to each other in the studio show, I mean, it didn't look like either of them really wanted to be there. Agreed. Yeah, that that was weird. So, yeah, I mean – now Madison on now her uh, I yeah I I really have you know a little ill will towards Chris Harrison in, for this because like yeah I know it's entertainment and and a lot of it's scripted but like but if you want to take this show seriously at its face value and maybe we shouldn't but I'm a purist right if you want to make it that these people you know have feelings and and they're playing out in real time like. Don't be manufacturing shit that's not really there. Like you could tell it wasn't there when they when they met. I mean, Chris, like 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 don't spit yeah. on our faces and tell us it's raining. So, uh, I have a question about prior seasons. Has it ever concluded where the bachelor bachelorette actually leaves with nobody? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this he wouldn't be the first guy. Um, there, there was no way he was leaving non-engaged. That was his whole MO the entire season. He said it the entire season. He's like, I'm doing this to find my wife. Yet he did nothing to prove that that's what he was actually interested in. Yeah, I didn't like him going to Madison either. Um, I mean, I feel like it's definitely possible that 
basically ABC like offered her a lot of money to come back and shoot one more episode and do a studio show and break up with him a month later. Um, but I, I thought it was like a little, like that was like a three episode drawn out fi- breakup that finally happened. And then it's like the season should have ended in this awkward state where both people left, like as, as really was the case, they didn't need to bring her back. Or ask her, and she didn't have to say yes. Just in, just insane. I mean, and Madison's performance uh, on the studio show, and and we're trying. I'm gonna try and leave Barb out of it for now, um, <laughs> because Barb, as you guys both know, will get her own her own section. Um, what do you think of Madison's studio performance in terms of how she navigated? questions how she carried herself what 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 are our thoughts there um i mean i know i've i've gotten there i think i've gotten flack for this i happen to have thought that she handled herself very well considering again obviously we're not going to get into the details right now barb but if you had barb barking at you like that i i think she actually like kept really nice amount of composure and like she didn't get angry she didn't yell um, I was impressed with her. I know people have other things to say about that, but shy. What do yeah, you say? It was, it was, she was definitely composed and kind of let Barb kind of air her grievances. Um, it was just a really awkward situation to be in. I feel like if you just like really take a step back and think about it, like they were normally together before I guess the last few episodes, Oh, that's, that's like the thing. The off season, to his point, like they had a great time together. There were never any hiccups. But then the last like four or five episodes was just all drama filled. So you don't even know if at this point they're sitting there like, have they been having any enjoyable time together in the last two months or something? As it just, it kind of felt like they were both so like tired with just everything going on. Yeah, I think Madison, all things considered, came off pretty well in the uh in the studio show couldn't have been comfortable um i'm not sure exactly what happened behind the scenes and we're going to talk about that with barb a little bit and and her grievances in just a second but like to not get super defensive and to just you know be nasty and take the high road that's something that i'm not necessarily good at in my personal life so i commend her for that uh a tremendous amount um peter all right we're getting to the to to the juicy stuff, Peter. Like, what the hell was that? I mean, the entire the entire two night finale. I mean, he's the worst actor of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I think we learned something really eye opening, and it made, to me it really gave me a lot of clarity about him and the whole season. I think we realized from this that he's used to Barb making his decisions for him. And that's why he was having such a hard time making any decision the whole season, because you can see the reactions of everything that happens after. And that's probably why he likes girls like Victoria F and things like that. Um, So I don't think there's so, I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but I don't think there's so much depth to him. So it makes sense that on these episodes, he wasn't really able to give us anything. I mean, all he had to do was just like, tell his mom to stop and defend Maddie for one minute. If he's sitting there saying that he loves her and he just sat there in silence. Shy. Do you think that Peter understands that words 
actually have meaning, that when you say something, it means something. I mean, it depends if he was listening back when he was five years old and teachers taught him this lesson. Um, he, yeah, he, he totally just didn't, it was so awkward with his parents and just sitting there as he just said, like when they're just going off on Madison about whatever, just like how she's not the one for him. And, but when she said in the studio show that there's a lot of things that happened that we don't see and then started to name a couple like that they waited three hours for Madison to finally come in. I have a thought uh, like, on that, and we're gonna. I, I want you to hold that because okay, uh, I just that's want, gonna be in the yeah. Barb section. But yes, I I have I just, a little inside information on that. Oh, okay. I yes. just wonder, like, how many? I'm there's like a ton of stuff that we don't see in the show that does happen and that they right. interact with, and so it's just also. So, what Peter was like a uh, contestant last season. Did you like him coming out of last season? Was he yes. cringeworthy? No, no. He was super sympathetic. No. Super sympathetic. Like if honestly Hannah Brown, as you saw when she came back this uh, prior season, or I should say this season in the early episodes, like Hannah should have picked Peter. Agreed. They'd yeah. still be together. If They'd she still did. be together. Oh, I'm so mad I was wrong on that being the dramatic ending. Hey, I thought it too. I think it still may happen. I think they still may reconcile. Uh, excuse me, have you not seen the pictures of Hannah and Tyler C in Jupiter? Yeah, but Tyler C is only doing it to to get some poo tang because he's already sampled the uh, the Gigi Hadid life. Uh, he's I know, already but she came there twice. Yeah, but like he has her on a string. Like, like she's a she's a palate cleanser now for Tyler C. Yeah, but he could literally get any person in. America. Right. Okay. Fine. So you. Okay. So after the Gigi Hadid stuff is over, you know, you have to like pound somebody out, get it out of your system, forget, uh, forget about uh, Gigi Hadid. You know, call up Hannah Brown. She's the palate cleanser, and then on to the next one. I, I, so one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. I just want to say about Pierre because I don't know if I'll actually get to it. Is that scar situation is just brutal. Oh, that, that was. Tough. That's what happens when you get surgery in Costa Rica. So yeah, I mean, I can't. They had the video of it, like just smashing your face, but that was an ugly scar. The worst scar, just horrible, and it got yeah. progressively it much better. It looked better after the final row. Yeah, well, there was some plastic surgery done when he got Obviously. home. Had to yeah. be. You, you, you can't go on with that that thing on your face after a while. So back to Peter for a second, just his actions. Lizzie, we'll start you off. What were the three cringiest things that Peter did in the in the finale? His three cringiest moments. And then Shy, you'll okay, follow. Well, Top one for me is when during his proposal to Hannah Ann, he said Madison's name to the point where it sounded like he was telling her he was going to choose her. Yep. And he was choosing Madison. So that was terrible. That was bad. Um, Really bad. I think in the beginning when she came, when she walked up and he looked, if I were her, I would have thought he was not choosing me. Like he looked upset. He looked like he was going to throw up and cry. Like he did not look like someone that was about to ask someone to marry them or the love of their life. Um, and I just think, I mean, I don't think this is cringy. I don't think it's the right word, but I just think the way he was interacting with Natty after they're both saying that they love each other, but they won't 
come near each other. Like, I mean, I was hoping a little bit for at least some forehead action. I know that they love so much, but like they didn't even touch each other. Yeah. And and when he tried to put her, his arm around her, when he was defending her, defending her, I say that in air quotes uh, from Barb, it didn't look like much of a defense. Yeah. Shy, what were your three cringiest Peter moments? I, I had intended to rewatch the four hours of episodes, but they were not on my DVR. So I'm, I'm I was going by memory. Um, I remember now, as you gave your three, each of those things being very cringeworthy. So I agree with those. Um, was the conversation with Madison that you just referred to? Is that the one at the end where they're like whispering to each other on a bench? Um, um, no. So there was a few different instances. It was that one, and then also when. He, when she came back in LA, they also for like a really long time were just standing with their foreheads against each other. Oh, after right, right, after right. Peter's infamous look back when he was staring yes, outside yes, into the okay. abyss by the pool. Yes. Okay. Well, they all all those conversations blend together. And so they had, they were like basically before she took off, they had like a long a lengthy whispering conversation with each other, like sitting outside on a bench, just like was just not getting anywhere, and they just. They were just like saying the same things, like let's make it work. I don't know how, but how? I don't, it was, it was. I don't know. I did not like that. Um, back in the proposal, and they get to this in the studio show, and I was happy Hannah Ann brought it up. So like when he just slips in right before the proposal, like Madison left. So now my heart's with you. I love you. Oh, and I was like, well, he didn't say Madison, like he, but he didn't say she left. All right, he didn't say Madison's no longer here. Exactly. Some yeah, <sighs> very vague, and and then from that point on, like Hannah Ann's reaction was it? It totally seemed like something was off there. It was not a genuine excitement, and like she's that's uh, what she should have left this. She said in the studio show, like, you slipped in there at the end, like, by the way, Madison's not here. I choose you. Like, how am I supposed to react to that? Totally makes sense. Like, that situation, because the, the music's playing in the background. I know it's, like, only on TV, but, like, she's the ring is huge. And, and she did not want to accept that, really. Um, and then in the studio show, when Peter's trying to get sympathy and, to Hannah Ann, was like, you know, I only had two days to tell you that she left and I was grieving. And she was like, you only had two days to tell me? Like, I, that seems like a lot of time. Um, that was, I was like, yeah, Peter, what? Like, even saying that out loud, you realize how stupid that sounds? Like, you, you only had two days to tell her what the biggest thing that happened in the season? Um, so that was like cringeworthy slash me laughing. So uh, I agree with everything that you guys said. I think clearly the number one cringiest moment was in the proposal when he mentioned Madison's name. Just horrible. Two was, uh, for me, was the conversation after uh, a- after they were engaged when uh, Hannah Ann shows up at the house. The third cringiest was, and, and none of you guys brought this up, and I'm shocked, and it goes back to I said that Peter's a terrible actor was the FaceTime he had with Hannah Ann's father. And then that celebratory fist bump and, like, that reaction afterwards, that was just so horrible to watch. I couldn't stop laughing when he was like, yeah, and he 
bumps his fist kind of like Derek Jeter would do after, like, you know, Jeter turns a double play. It was just horrible. That whole scene was horrible. He's like, yeah, and he has this fake smile on his face. I'm like, God, you are the worst, the absolute worst. So you, you, when you wrote that, I, I remembered he had a FaceTime with uh, dad, but I didn't remember all the details. And that's literally actually what I was trying to find on YouTube before this call started. And then I got sucked down a bachelor uh, YouTube rabbit hole. I love the, pri- um, so, I love the research so before we get on the call. This I, I'm is beautiful. trying to find that scene again and I can't find it. Oh, it's like seared in my brain. And obviously a runner up <laughs> is, is the, uh, the staring into the abyss. And then second runner-up would be his whole performance at the studio show. Like he's got the big smile on his face and then they show scenes of him looking like a jackass and then he has like the head nod. He puts his head down like in shame. Like it was just all so horrible. I mean he's just terrible. My biggest advice for Peter, I know we were going to do this at the end, was bro – Move out of move out of mom and dad's house, and just be alone for a while. Like, just I don't think he's good at that. Uh, just, just, how do we know he lives at home? I they, they mentioned they mentioned it, it. because I will talk about Barb in, in in a second. That's a good transition because. As Lizzie, you mentioned before, like Barb has made every decision for him in his life. So let's let's move on to Barb because Peter is obviously a noob. The the quote unquote star of the show of the two night finale, even starting Monday night before the studio show was was Barb. Shy, you, you'll kick this one off. Your your high level thoughts on Barb? Um, I actually just realized a few minutes ago that my mom's name is Barbara and my wife's name is Maddie. So I almost was pretty similar. To right, this is this is tough. This is this is this is this is tough. Shout out to your um, mom and your lovely wife. So obviously the scene everyone was waiting for all season was who did she want to bring her home oh, um, yes. or to bring home to her. Um, and all the different uh, hypotheses were flying mine basically from the beginning of the season onward was that Hannah Brown would come back and and that's who it was. That's what fairy tales or dreams are made of, whatever she said. Hannah Ann being that person was a, a, a big dark horse. But just so in general for Barb, obviously super emotional. Um, I don't know if that factors into like how they choose the Bachelor, Bachelorette, their family, but they're only on for an episode or two. So, I mean, just obviously opposite of the dad who seems like he would rather be anywhere else in the world than on this TV show. Oh my God. This conversation. Um, but the mom is like, just everything she said, she started crying. It was crazy. Uh, but obviously I mean, I feel like the fans love her. Well, do they love her? Lizzie, but, but give your high level going overview and then the answer that a little show, bit. I think going into well, the studio show. So to give you, Shai, a little bit of background, normally the people families are not that involved. But from last season, um, everyone fell in love with Peter's parents. Um, on the, uh, After the final rose with him, when they said that he had sex in the moment four times, they got up and were, like, clapping for him. And everyone, <laughs> like, fell in love with them. Like, they were so sweet. So going into this season, they were a huge part of the season, where uh, most 
time that's not the case. And everyone loved them. Oh, Barb's so sweet, all this stuff. And for me, at least, she quickly turned. Like, we thought Victoria F. was the villain. She was the villain for me of this season. She made a huge 180 in a very negative way. And I think, first of all, she needs to get her emotions in check. We can see why Peter loves the girl that cries. Because literally all she does, there it's she doesn't have proportional reactions. Like when he, first of all, when she he came back home after the engagement, she's like she starts hysterically crying. We miss <laughs> her smiles and hello. It was one week they hadn't seen each other for one week. Like cord. <laughs> like that's not yeah. normal. Like, <laughs> that was Barb. Ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and then when she when he was telling them, you know, building up, like, you know, I, I propose and I love him. And like, at that moment, they should have just been happy no matter what his response was. That, that was great. So angry until she said Hannah Ann. And then she started hysterically crying. And she's like, my daughter, my daughter, like, honey, she's not your daughter. Like, you need to calm down. Uh, she was out of control. And she was just reaming Maddie for no reason. And I don't know if Aaron, you want to talk about this. Well, thing. yeah, well, you know, I have a thought about that. Yes. Well, hold on, hold on to that. But Barb was maybe the most extra bit character in this show's history. Like, I hate to break it to you, Barb. The show's not about you. But she quickly made it all about her, even starting Monday night, even before the studio show and the facial expressions and, and going in on Madison for whatever reasons, um, validity or not. Um, Barb, with her hysterical crying in the, bring her home to us. Bring her home to us. Oh, my God, Barb. This is fucking well, insane. Interesting thing, the interesting thing also about Barb is that Barb has been a huge fan of the show for a long time. She actually nominated Peter to go on. And if you hear the way that she talks about it, she uses reference words that are very like a fin- only a fanatic would use. She would be like, well, on your season or she said with Hannah B, like, no, you would just say Hannah. Like she speaks about like the season and the show as if it's, a TV show and she seems very much involved. And I feel like she nominated him because she wanted to be on the show. This was like her dream, but she, okay, fine. But if she loved the show so much, then, then how could she not follow protocol of how the moms on the show are supposed to act? Because she wanted to make it all about her. She needed to be different. If she acted like everyone else, she wouldn't be a storyline. And not just that, but like, she is way too involved in Peter's sex life. Agreed. Like, they all are. Like, she – someone sent this to me, and I forget who it was, but like – or maybe I saw it on Twitter, but Barb was like the uh, Amy Poehler's character in Mean Go- Girls, like the <laughs> yeah. cool mom. Like when um, mm-hmm. when Rachel McAdams is uh, getting busy with her boyfriend in the in the house, and she walks, it's like, I'll bring the condoms, just let me know, or something like that, and I'm paraphrasing. Like, that was – that's Barb, though. Like, Barb probably yeah. – asks for a scouting report on Peter's sex life. And we all know Peter throws down, I mean, windmill four times, but like, Jesus, Barb, it's like too, too much, too much. Peter needs to move out. So, okay. So we're going to talk about, okay. So now moving on to uh, the studio show with Barb and Madison, right? And their interaction. Lizzie, your thoughts on her 
grievances towards Madison. How valid were they? How not valid were they? And then, Shy, you're going to uh, you're going to um, answer the same question. So I know we discussed this uh, offline, but um, well, you got to put it on wax. That's what we do yeah, here. Yeah, we yeah, put no, it on wax. Yeah, yeah. So it's important. So I know her big thing was that. You made us, we, we flew across the world. You made us wait three hours and you didn't even apologize. Please. And Aaron, you can speak to this. Production made them wait three hours. Correct. And it's not, we saw what the conversation was. And also, even if it was three hours, it wasn't only Maddie. Peter was also having that conversation with her. It wasn't just her. And let's not forget the fact that's exactly what Peter did to Victoria F. And he didn't even have the decency to go in and meet her family. Correct. Correct. So I really just don't think like the fact that she put that all on Madison, I thought was so unfair. And you could tell by Madison's response. That was when she said, you know, you guys are only seeing part of it. Obviously, they have contracts. They can't say that production made them wait three hours. So that's why she kind of didn't really say much and just left it. But she also didn't apologize. I don't think she should have because I don't think she did anything wrong. So a little bit of insider information. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I've had uh, a little bit of a foray on reality television. Um, I may have been filmed once upon a time to go on a blind date. And uh, I, I believe both of you have seen this episode, correct? Oh, numerous times. I literally don't know what you're talking about. I'm <gasps> terrified. Shy, did you not know this? Wow. Uh, this is about big... to change your life. You're breaking news to me right now. Wow. Okay, so I was on a show called Date Night Live. I got paid to go on a um on a uh, a blind date. And the hostess and they were toggling between different people going on blind dates, seeing what was up. And the hostess basically said made it seem like I was making my date wait at the bar. I was not making my date wait at the bar. Production was holding me outside. Production picked me up from my apartment in a Lincoln Navigator, you know, and and transported me to the spot two and a half hours before I was supposed to be uh, start filming. I was held outside and I got bitten up by mosquitoes because they needed to set everything up. And then the host has the audacity to tell me that I was late leaving my date waiting at the bar. So, no, I did not leave her waiting at the bar host. Anyway, um, so, yeah, no, this, it's bullshit. Is this on YouTube anywhere? It's on my DVR. I will I will happily host a watch party for those who haven't seen it yet, assuming we're not all dead with coronavirus in two, three weeks. Um, so, yeah, so, Shy, so now that you uh, now – have heard all that. What what are your thoughts on the uh on the Barb Madison uh interaction and how uh if Barb was a hundred percent in the wrong? Um so you're saying that Madison can't even say to Barb when she gets there like they just held me out there for three hours and then they just not air that part on TV. So Barb literally thinks it was her fault or no, well, she, just she no, I don't think I don't think Madison knew that Barb was mad about that until she brought it up on the show. So she wouldn't have uh, known to say something to her. Okay. Until then. Um it, it was it did seem I thought going in and kind of like I would assume how it kind of always goes that like the final two or three meet the family and they all have these great conversations 
and everyone likes everyone kind of like Peter met all their parents and basically had the same conversation with each parent. Um, so I was a little surprised when um, like Madison's kind of came in and it was way less happy and cheerful and a lot more serious. Um, and I think a lot of that was just Madison really, really questioning if she was going to continue with this. I, I, I think like Aaron, you asked, should she have left earlier? Because she had been thinking about it, obviously, for a long time. So I think that was just all going through her head. And the whole situation just became awkward. A combination of her like not really knowing if she even wants to go through with this. And then Peter's parents or mom like already upset at her, already having loved Hannah Ann. And just made for an awkward conversation. Um, and I also asked. When it so we saw on TV Hannah Ann meeting the parents first. Is that definitely how it would go in real life that she met them first? Meaning the order? Yeah. No, we have. No, they, they alternate. They mix it up all the time. Yeah. Because I feel like their reaction to the second one would kind of be based on how the first one went, almost. So I just yeah, we don't, I don't know, know how it would have changed. They actually okay. Just a random thing I consider. Shy, you know a lot of the things you brought up was the reason why I kind of hold Madison a little accountable here that she was basically just doing this to be on TV and with the lack of the purity to it because she she never should have come back after all that. Like as well, Peter – right. Yeah. yeah go, go ahead. I just like – I think when she got on – when she started on the show, her intention was to, was to potentially win. And when you've made it that long and get to the end, I just feel like it gets so tough to voluntarily leave. And maybe she did really hold out hope that, you know, she'd wake up one day and just be like, listen, he had sex with people on the fantasy suite on the reality show, which is what happens. I signed up for the show. If he can commit to me to be whatever I need him to be religiously or abstinence wise or whatever, then let that be that. But there's clearly it was like it wasn't that easy for her, so yes, yeah, I mean that, that she could have left early if the only thing that was left was to have awkward uh, situations. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, as and it's funny that Peter uh, Peter's father said that actually said something smart before I get into my take on Barb and 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 everything that she's about. Um, Peter's father said, you know, point blank. The beginning is supposed to be the easiest part, right? If you have this many differences in the beginning, you know, it's not going to work. And I think that there's some, there's something very valid about that after Barb whispered in his ear, like, back me up, back me up on this. And I actually so thought – literally what she said. She said, say something bad to help me. But I honestly – She said it in Spanish. Yeah. Someone translated it. Yeah. But so I honestly thought – in Spanish? Yeah, so yeah. the cameras wouldn't – you know, so no one, not everybody would understand. That's hilarious. But I, I, I mean, Madison right. said the same thing at some point when she was break. When she left in Australia, she said to him, "She said she's like, this is the part that's supposed to be fun and easy, and it's not." I actually gave Peter's dad a lot of credit for what he said, and it was very, it was very smart. But back to Barb for a second. My thoughts on Barb. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying, and I think both of us have have seen this or or heard secondhand uh, about situations because you know we have friends who have gone down the aisle. Shy, you have gone down the aisle successfully. Um, 
in mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, it's a tricky situation. It just always gets tricky and – or not always gets tricky, but a lot of the time it gets tricky. And sometimes it gets mean and nasty and it is really hard to recover from that. So when – and you have to be a really, really sh- strong-willed guy um, to put your mother aside and put her in her place when she needs to be. But sometimes – Mama does know best, and however cringeworthy it was that Barb was so invested in Peter's sex life and love life, I think she may have been onto something that that her and Madison, I, I should say, he and Madison weren't going to click. And well, I don't disagree with I don't disagree with what she was saying. Right, I disagreed with how she handled. Correct. It. Now, having said that, it's not what you say, but how you say it. Sometimes you just gotta package things better, and you have to act in a certain manner. And Barb clearly had absolutely no tact in the way that she was acting. So yeah, that's that's my two cents on Barb. I mean, she was horrendous. Now, do you yeah, think, I mean, I think right, okay, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, the only thing that I would have said on Madison's part that she could have done, I think that, but this would only be in the scenario. I think if she really loved him and really thought that they had a future, then at that point, I think she would have, could have, or would have just sucked it up and said, you know what? I'm so sorry. You know, there was a lot going on. I didn't mean to take it out on you. We were just trying to figure things out. But I think that she knew this wasn't going anywhere. So she didn't feel it necessary to even apologize or do that. And in the end of the day, no matter what Barb's thoughts were, she could have spoken to Peter about this off television. But she decided, like, if your son, if all you want is your son to be happy and he's telling you that this girl makes him happy, it's not about you. And also, just for the cameras, at least, put on a happy face and yell at him after. Correct. Now, do you think Barb has had her – she mentioned that you know her Instagram is blowing up, that everybody's giving her love in her DMs. How much uh, – what level of bullshit is that? Well, I think up until then, she had a lot of love. Uh, no love for I think Barb. there's – I think everyone everyone – that has someone like her would probably have a lot of hate and a lot of love. There's definitely a lot of people who really like her. Interesting. All right. So final Um, question to just tie a, uh, a bow on this and you guys have been exceedingly generous with your time. Um, the biggest loser of the finale, Peter, Barb or Madison. And uh, I guess I'll go. I'll go. I would. Uh, I think Peter's got to be the biggest loser here. Um, I think Madison has a lot of fans who liked her all season long. I know one of the three of us was very obsessed with her. Um, uh, guilty as charged. <laughs> and Barb, while like she came off very extreme, I laughed a lot from her and would wish that if there had been future episodes, she would be in them. So I think Peter just came off the, the just all season of like being, you said earlier um, that like he had no depth. And I, that was, I, I agree with that. He would say like the same things to all different people. 
And like none of it sounded, it was just, it was like Googling things to say to a girl, like on a date. It just seemed like very standard type of lines. Um, and just the way it ended, because for the last couple of seasons, it was like, all right, season, sorry, episodes. I was like, you knew he liked Madison more. And at some point that's going to have to come out. And I had never seen prior seasons, how these all unfold. Um, and then especially when Madison left, I like kept saying, like, is he not going to tell Hannah Ann before he proposes that Madison left? And obviously she's going to find out at some point that Madison had left. So like, what does Peter think this end game is going to be? And it was just a, such a poorly thought out plan. And I get that the situation did not unfold the way he expected. Um, and he kind of just like kept hoping that it would go his way but it didn't end up going his way. And so the different situations just played out so poorly and just culminated in like Madison left two days ago. I love you. Will you marry me? Yeah. And I was like, uh, I mean, that's really the only choice he had at that point, other than just proposing, not mentioning Madison. And then like the next day being like, by the way, Madison left three days ago. Uh, I thought you should know. I just want to be totally honest with you. I swear. Um, so so, Pete, I so think Peter's Peter your biggest loser. Lizzie, yeah, who's your biggest, biggest loser? I mean, I think this is the unanimous, Peter. I mean, I, I, I think he's probably a really good and nice guy, and I think that he would treat whoever he's with really well. I just think he, it's so clear he's such a, he's a self-admitted people pleaser, and he just cares so much what other people think that he ends up just self-sabotaging, and he just honestly came off as pathetic which is terrible. And I think the winner is very clearly Madison. I don't know if you've noticed, but she's been hanging out with Selena Gomez these days. So I think she easily is the winner. What is that? Yep. They've been hanging out during Corona. That was in that video that I just sent you guys before the call that I, in my YouTube rabbit hole stumbled upon. Um, Well, that makes it Uh, three for three because Peter's always the biggest loser. Has to be the biggest loser. He's always the biggest loser. I, I just – I can't get over like the lack of charisma and the lack of just understanding that words mean something is just is just shocking. Anyway, guys, this was a lot, a lot of fun. Shy well, – Let me just – I do, I do want to agree with Elisa that I do think he is actually a nice person and a genuine person. And I kind of liked him throughout the season until we got to the end. Um and I did, again, feel bad for him when he was talking to his mom. And Barb was essentially just saying, like, Madison sucks. Bring us Hannah Ann. You please do not choose Madison. And he was like, why are you saying this? Please stop. Oh, I, I but he didn't even bad. say was, that, though. Like, he didn't even know, say he was that. Like, he's like, like, there was oh, no conviction in that. Her. Like, I know her. That's part um, of the thing. There was I, no conviction. There's no charisma. There's no. There's no cojones. There's nothing. And I, and I, I love the brother. Just one line, or like, why isn't the answer just so obviously Hannah Ann? That was, was a great contributing line there. Well, on that note, guys, this was this was a pleasure. Shy, welcome to the uh, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise family. I didn't realize that this I, was I, this was your. Your your inauguration, this but this is this is good. We we have you in the fold. This is great. And Lizzie, yeah. obviously, you're my insider. You Always you know all this. Can't can't wait till the Bachelorette. Oh my god. Um, I, I do not foresee myself at this time watching the Bachelorette. 
I can't see myself following as uh, excitedly when it's all guys going. Oh, oh, you will. Oh, you, you will. will. You will. You will. Okay. You're sucked in. Anyway, guys, thanks so much. It was a pleasure, and we're gonna we're gonna have to do this again soon. All right. Stay all safe, right. everyone. Later. Yep. Bye. All right. That was episode seventy three. Thanks again to my my guests, my recurring guests, Shy Elberger, Lizzie Verstendig. Happy to uh, welcome Shy into the Bachelor uh, family, and let's take us out, Ja Rule. What would I be without you? listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube